My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. Once again, uh, Merry Christmas. Whether you are here with us every week or you're visiting us for the first time or somewhere in between, we're happy that you're here on this day when there's so many things to do and so many people to see that you join us to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ here at Holy Family. So welcome and thank you again for being here. As a priest, I know that Easter is the more important holiday because quite simply, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, no one would care about his birthday to celebrate it. But it doesn't really feel that way, does it? We seem to have much more elaborate decorations for Christmas. I mean, there's no contest between the Rockefeller Christmas tree and I don't even think they have anything for Easter. And no offense, but Santa totally beats out the Easter bunny. Even culturally, there seems to be much more family and food traditions surrounding Christmas than for Easter. My Italian family, we grew up having the seven fishes on Christmas Eve. Now that my brother has taken over the tradition, he might have gotten a little bit more creative over the years and made a paella that cuts like five fish all at once. And, you know, but Christmas Eve is still fish, we know that. Easter, we never had any of those kinds of things set in stone like that. Even with television specials, I bet it would be really hard for any of us to come up with more than one or two Easter specials that were even made. But when you ask people what their favorite Christmas special is, well, now you get ready for a big debate. The students that I I work with at Montclair State University, the campus ministry there, for one of our our last Newman nights, 
which is our weekly gathering as a community, we were going to have a Christmas movie night. And it turned into this huge fight. Who wanted Elf? Who wanted Home Alone? The argument, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Who wanted a Christmas story? Some traditionalists saying, no, 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 we need to watch It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Carol. And in typical college student fashion, they just decided to scrap it all and they just had a Christmas karaoke night, so there went that. But when I was telling my two older brothers about this, they started offering their favorites from their childhood. My brother Craig said, Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey. I had, I had no idea what he was talking about. I had to Google that to see if he was making it up or whatever, and sure enough, there it was. But then he said, or, or Frosty, I like Frosty. And then my brother Chris added, he liked that because he liked watching Frosty melt. Which then prompted my brother Craig to say, well, how about how the Grinch stole Christmas? And I think he was uh, trying to say something about my brother's personality being close to the Grinch or something. Which added my brother Chris saying, well, I like the year without Santa Claus. Quickly adding, you know, the one with the snow miser and the heat miser. I think the fact that it had two brothers fighting is what made it so acceptable to him as a churn brother favorite. In any event, whether it was with the students or my brothers, none of them offered my favorite, a Charlie Brown Christmas. When I said it, my brother started imitating the adults with the wah, 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 you know. My students, God help us all, I had a couple who said, I've never even seen it. I know, exactly. I, mean, I launched into a rant about how un-American and unchristian they are. There's no excuse. I mean, it's not like when I was growing up, it was only on once a season. It's on demand. You can get the DVD. It's on at least three or four times. What's wrong with these people? One kid who was in a film production major at Montclair State went through a list of all the things that were wrong with the Christmas special. As at, least as he, at least he saw it, but he pointed out Charles Schultz made it in, in a rush. So there's inconsistencies in the drawings. There's errors in the animation that... By today's standards, it's almost embarrassing and went so far as to say that they should reanimate the whole thing. How I didn't quit working with these blasphemous kids right then and there, that was a Holy Spirit moment. First off, most of them know not to trash talk peanuts in front of me. You want to make fun of Disney and the princesses and all the other stuff, that's fine, I'll laugh along. But don't make fun of Snoopy, Charlie Brown, or any of those. That, then there's going to be a fight. Because I grew up reading those cartoons. When I would go to the library, the books I would take out would be cartoon collections of Peanuts, which I know explains a lot. So I know pretty much every character. I know Snoopy's siblings, Spike and Olaf and Belle. I know Linus and Lucy's uh, baby brother, Rerun, who only really made an appearance in the last decade of the strip. So yeah, these are characters that are near and dear to my heart, as demonstrated by the number of stuffed Snoopies I have and even the, the Peanuts shirt I'm wearing underneath my clerical clothing today. Charlie Brown Christmas has always been a favorite of mine, more than just because I'm a huge Peanuts fan, though. I mean, I do love the whole thing, and especially as a kid, just seeing Snoopy decorating the house, Lucy demanding to be a Christmas queen at the pageant, Charlie Brown and Linus looking at aluminum trees. I remember asking my parents as a kid, could we get one because they looked neat, and they looked at me like I was crazy. But anyway, and of course, the bizarre dancing scene with all the little kids. As a kid, that kind of kicked off the, the Christmas season for me. But as the years went by, I always appreciated how Linus, who throughout all the comic strip's history, 
was almost like the budding theologian to the other kids who would always read the gospel that we just heard proclaimed. When Charlie Brown, in all exasperation, asks, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And he reads the real Christmas story from St. Luke. But it wasn't until years later that someone actually pointed it out to me. There's a very, very subtle point that made this special so completely perfect to me and even made it more appreciative in my own mind and heart. Throughout the, the history of the comic strip Peanuts, Linus has always seen carrying and dragging his security blanket. And if you read every strip like I have, you know he's mocked for always having it with him. The times that he tries to break the habit of holding it almost goes, makes him go into a tailspin instantaneously. There's a time when Linus's grandmother and his sister, Lucy, conspired to, to cure him of this crutch. And it almost results in the kid having a, a complete nervous breakdown to the point that he, he angrily confronts them and defends himself and saying, like, that, don't try to change me. Even in the Christmas special, as Lucy's handing out the parts of the play, she says to her brother, you've got to get rid of that stupid blanket. And he says, well, this is one Christmas shepherd who's going to keep his trusty blanket with him as he clutches it to his heart. All of those instances in the strip's 50-plus year history makes it even more profound that as he tells all those gathered what Christmas is all about, as he proclaims this gospel passage we just heard, he does a small but not insignificant thing. He drops his security blanket. Even more telling is the exact moment he does it is precisely when the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds and tells the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. For this little guy, who even Snoopy is never able to pry that trusty blanket away from. Those words of scripture break through to his tiny little world to tell them that Jesus Christ has come to separate us from all fear. Just let that sink in. Despite the joy-filled celebration that Christmas is, no doubt every one of us has something or many things that fill us with fear. And sometimes we even come into this church hoping for a miracle that will instantly rectify whatever that situation might be that's weighing us down. Or maybe we're just hoping to simply suppress those things deeper and deeper just for Christmas. But Linus reminds us the true meaning of Christmas is that. That Jesus comes to save us from any and everything that causes us fear or discouragement. In Jesus, God becomes man and dwells among us and stays with us and makes himself accessible and in reach. In Christmas, we can approach the purity and the innocence of Jesus as a newborn baby who can only communicate with looks and gazes of love. In Jesus' birth, the creator of the universe comes to tell you that you are known, you are loved, you have been, 
and you will be for all eternity. And that's why we have nothing to fear. And if we can, like Linus, drop our blankets of security, all the things that we constantly look to for assurances, for relief, and instead grasp this baby and learn to trust and to cling to him as the man who died and rose from the dead for us, and then dare to receive him, who is as real and present as he was in that stable, as he is in that host that we receive in the Eucharist as the body of Christ, that we're invited to take and to eat, then we can find him constantly reassuring us to not be afraid, to whatever it is that distracts and that unnerves and that frightens us. That realization ended the, the peanut special with all the characters in joy and singing. That truth can make it possible for you and I also to have a truly Merry Christmas.